It be too late to alter course, matey. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artist from scottartist.com. And I'm Heather Artist from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 121 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. 121. Woohoo! Why are you celebrating 121? You should have celebrated 120. That's the two-hour mark. You and your multiverse thing, you don't even know when the proper thing to celebrate is. You're on the wrong planet, the wrong universe, the wrong Earth. Flash. I'm really sorry, you guys. She's just lost in this, like, ether of, of forgot, her own mind. I forgot to celebrate yesterday, so I decided to celebrate today. Well, this is a good day to celebrate because we got all kinds of planetary destruction going on. How do you have planetary destruction you'll in You'll just a have to wait and see. Movie. You'll just have to wait and see. It ties together. And... It's not off topic, so there you go. I don't know about you, but I'm glad it's actually Friday. Oh, me too. I'm ready to start the weekend, a long 4th of July weekend, hopefully for everyone out there. Plus, I need to try one, two, or hell, maybe five bloody pirates. I've been craving one of those things ever since I found out about those. Then <laughs> I gotta go to BevMo, Bevmo. Dang it. <laughs> This episode brought to you by BevMo. Get your bloody pirate <laughs> recipes alcohol and everything else you need to make your bloody pirate drinks guess we'll be making a trip to damn right we'll be making a trip to (laughs) hands down we will along with everybody else if you're in there give us a pirate salute and we'll say hello (laughs) other than that it's a no nonsense opener i said opener the show is definitely nonsense unless you have something let's start this nonsense are you ready for pirate action ready for nonsense I said, are you ready for pirate action? Oh, yeah. And there's multiple meanings for that because (laughs) in the previous minute, the stabbings, the gunshots, the beatings, and everything else in between continue to flourish with the Cursed Crew and British Royal Navy. The S&M continues back at the Pleasure Cave on Isla de Muerta with a Will Turner, Elizabeth Swan, and first name only Jacoby engaging in a little pirate-themed dirty talk. I'm going to teach you the meaning of pain. You like pain? Try wearing a corset. The menage a trois foreplay comes to a sudden end when Elizabeth smacks Jacoby in the face with her golden spear. Wow. Just a spear. Nothing to Uh read in there, folks. There's nothing to read in there at all. Don't ask, don't tell on that. (laughs) Minute 121 begins with Will looking into Elizabeth's eyes, having just been rescued from Jacoby, and they exchange a couple of brief smiles. Jack and Barbosa continue fighting in the moonlight as Jack takes a swipe along Barbosa's back. Elizabeth asks, whose side is Jack on? Will replies, you mean at the moment? The minute ends with Jack and Barbosa turning in response to an explosion as Will and Elizabeth flee the falling pirate parts and smoke. Will makes a break for the Aztec chest as Jack uses the distraction to grasp the medallion, cut his hand, and at the opportune time, throws it to Will. Barbosa pulls Cox. Ah! <laughs> ah, that's not what I meant. Walk the plank. <laughs> Barbosa pulls Cox and aims his pistol. That's what I meant, folks. Yar, hang him from the yard arm. That was what you call a Freudian slip. 
We are watching a completely different Pirates of the Caribbean than all you out there. This one was behind the curtain in those old-timey video stores. Now you had a multiple on there also. Huh? You had multiple. Multiple? Yeah. Barbosa pulls cocks. Oh, well, there's a lot of pirates in there. There's a lot of action. This thing went from fight to orgy in two seconds. Just with a slip of a tongue. It's Barbosa pulls, cocks, and aims his pistol. That's what I meant to say. That was honest. Man, boy, uh-huh. did that just go away. I can tell. Well, I'm glad I said that this was going to be a nonsense oh. episode because I prefaced that. I must have known that I was going to slip up on that. <laughs> but when I had it, there's my note to rehash this minute and to break it down so people know where we're starting. It seemed to flow. But then when I started to go over it here, boy, that just came out wrong. People out there just had to earmuffs. If you got kids, <laughs> earmuffs. Oh, damn it. It's a little too late for that. Earmuffs. Oh, man. I'm sorry I didn't warn you guys. Should have earmuffed that beforehand. Well, pirate lesson learned. I'm going to set I'm going to set my critic hat down for a second and leave only my fan hat on because I just love this minute. It's so awesome how this 60 seconds works out and everything that is contained in it. It's like a mini movie amongst itself. A mini movie? Yeah, a mini movie, I said. We have the first act that sets our characters up. Will and Elizabeth in love, a bit of dialogue that lets us know there is also a pirate named Jack currently fighting on their side against the evil pirates with them. The second act sets up the action for the ending as Will and Elizabeth blow up Clubba, Monk, and Jacoby. I said blow up. And thereby create a hell of a smoky and flying pirate bits diversion, actually. Then we go to the third act where Will runs to the Aztec chest. Jack takes advantage of the distraction to cut his hand and add a little blood to the medallion he's holding. Blood. Exactly, blood. And then he tosses it to Will. And in the finale, Barbosa pulls and aims his pistol at Will. The movie ends. It's one of those cryptic endings where you decide what actually happened. I don't like those endings. It's the cliffhanger, the grand cliffhanger. Did Will make it or does he die? I don't like that movie either. I send you to the deep. There's nothing wrong with Cliffhanger, by the way. I don't like it. I don't know what your hatred is for Cliffhanger, but this is Pirates here, actually, (laughs) not Cliffhanger. And I don't know why you are so adamant against that movie. You have such vitriol for it. It's crazy. I don't get it. And I said Will here because I'm trying to pull this back from Heather's crazy Cliffhanger reference for some reason that she doesn't like. Yeah, movie reference is good, but just to throw out you don't like Cliffhanger, that's blasphemy. How dare you? (laughs) But I said Will because that's where we leave off. If he's really aiming at Will for this particular minute. It really is a little mini film. I said little and mini. I guess that's redundant. But it has everything we want in a swashbuckler. There's love, pirates, a dash of comedy, thanks to Jacoby. A bit of death. A bit of death. Yeah, for certain. I didn't think of death. But there's sword fights, explosions, and of course treasure. But then you do have the death. That's always good. And then a cliffhanger ending. In a cliffhanger ending. Which we don't want. I don't know if you... Is that a part of a swashbuckler, though? That's no. just any movie. Yeah. We do get the cliffhanger ending. And everybody wants that. It's pretty interesting how it really worked out. And if you didn't hate ambiguous endings, I would say it was like an entirely complete film. Maybe I'll take that minute and make it a little mini film to share in our Cursed Crew listeners group on Facebook. That's a good I'll idea. chop the minute there so people can actually see what's going on. Very cool. Yeah. Then they can understand what you're talking about. Exactly. A little mini film. Getting back to actually looking at the minute and not making my own Pirates of the Caribbean rendition. 
I'm a little excited, actually, about cutting the film into a small mini-movie. And it really just involves me cutting the minute out. Maybe I'll do something else to it. But that's basically it. It's not like I'm going to spend a lot of time on it. But I'm kind of excited about it. Get my cool. (laughs) My Rigetti laugh going on. (laughs) But seriously, in terms of it not being a standalone film, as a whole, it has two parts as I see it. And when I'm talking about this, I'm not talking about the mini film. I'm talking about the minute itself. Which is Aren't they the same, the same thing. How dare you call me out on that? Just let that slide by. That's like it is it, it little is, mini. It is the same, but it isn't the same because one's a little film, and now this one, where I'm talking about the minute taken in context of the whole movie. There is you it go. a little film or is it a mini film? It's a little mini film. Both needs both, and the two parts are the lead up to the opportune moment and the opportune moment itself. Well, maybe the start of the big moment. The opportune moment being the one Jack told the whelp about. And I'm trying to remind everybody here. The whelp the, meaning will. The whelp weenie. Arr! The whelp meaning will. Not the weenie <laughs> will whelp. How dare you? Why is you my mind it, on this you tonight? You made it worse when you <laughs> repeated it. I got something yeah, on the brain. Uh, yeah, you do. I guess so. That's I don't weird. know what's going on with that. Don't ever talk to me like Your that Freudian again. Your slips there. <laughs> no kidding. Man, this is... Well, the psychologists are going to have a field day with this episode. That they will. The wait for the opportune moment... To relieve the curse plan. That's the whole thing. It's Jack's big moment. So the lead up has some good elements. We get the affirmation that nobody is ever really sure what side Jack is on, of course. He's a pirate for hire. And not like a stripper pirate for hire. Like a modern (laughs) kind of pirate for hire. Not a dancing pirate or a telegram pirate. Just a mercenary type pirate. A pirate for hire. But he typically does what benefits himself. Elizabeth knows that... And actually proposes the question, which then Will answers based on what we all know. The answer depends on any given moment in time. Subject to change. <laughs> the second he's on our side. Exactly. And the next second, I'm not sure. Yeah, it all depends on the circumstances. What's going on depends there? Depends on his moods. His mood. When Will says that, he then gives this kind of quirky head tilt. It's not really quirky because everybody does it. I do it. You're like, ah, see... I don't know if you guys saw that, but I kind of tilted my head when I did that because I was trying to weigh some <laughs> options. And I like that about that particular moment. Like I said, these are the things I like. Kind of gives him authenticity to what he's saying there. He's really like contemplating it. Like, yeah, you know, this is a really difficult question to answer there, Miss Swan. Can I call you Elizabeth? No. Ooh, he's got shot down already. <laughs> Elizabeth now is also in full hero mode and joining Will in fighting the pirates. So that's another yes. cool piece. This is almost like a random thoughts episode well, going on. Well, I have a random thought. <sighs> you see Clubba and Jacoby behind Elizabeth and Will. More yeah. behind Elizabeth. Are they arguing as to whose side Jack is on here? Or Possibly. what are they doing what, back Jacobi, there? You mean Monk? No, Monk still has a chalice on his head. So this is after, where are you talking about? It's when Elizabeth is asking Jack, who's, or asking Will, whose side after Jack is on. After she gave the beat down to Jacoby, so he gets back up, and yeah. that's what she's saying. Okay, so what was that again? I was really focused on the, the setting. <laughs> Actually, I was just trying to see if you remember the pirate guy's names, because usually you don't. Jacoby and Cubba. Cubba? At the Cubba. Cubba. Clubba Cabana. <laughs> Jacoby and Clubba are in the background. Like, they're arguing or something back there behind Elizabeth oh. when she's asking Will a question. Maybe they're devising a plan. She's asking Will the question. Well, he, he just got slapped across the face with maybe that he's Maybe Clubba's trying to help him. Possibly. Trying to set his face back on straight <laughs> after that something. thing. 
So I just wonder if they were arguing as to whose side Jack is on at this moment. I don't think that they're arguing oh. that. I think that they know that Jack is on nobody's side but himself. And then they're going, why didn't we stick with Jack? That's what they're arguing yeah. about. Club is like, dude, I really wanted the... Because now he's from California. He's almost like a surfer <laughs> guy. Dude, I really wanted the gold. And Jacoby's like, hey, if we had just stuck with Jack, maybe none of this would have happened. So that's yep. what they're arguing about. But now that we got sidelined... Elizabeth and Will are now joining forces to fight the pirates. And then they end up penetrating Clubba, Jacoby, and Monk with that spear. Not in a bad way. It's through, well, I guess it is in a bad way. Because she's and he stick it right through their abdomens. This it, is after Monk gets the, finally gets the chalice off his head. Yeah. So Monk is there. And now they got a three-way shish kebab thing going on. <laughs> So I guess that is bad. You never want to be shish kebab. I want to know how Elizabeth is wielding that humongous staff she's got. Yeah, it's like a staff Sucker's or a spear. I don't gold. know what it is. It's almost like a ceremonial spear. Maybe that's what it is. Because it does have like a point on the end. Yeah. Well, that's how they stab everybody with it. But there's like this really awkward... It's not like a throwing spear. No, it's thick. It's almost like a jousting kind of device, a, a spear that you would hold on to, a ceremonial spear Something, is what I'm going to yeah. go with, because you wouldn't really want your spear golden. I want to know how she's yielding it around. You, wielding it? Wielding it around. Thank you. She's strong. She is. And Will gets the brilliant idea to use a curse to blow them up, which is the diversion Jack needs to initiate his mission improbable. Before they get blown up, before they get pushed into the shadows, if you look at Clubba, I'm wondering how he got so lucky to still have skin on his face. No, oh, does he still have skin? Yeah. But each one he's is a bit different. He's not all skeleton faced. He's just yucky skin, but he's got skin on his face. What's worse, though? Your nasty peeling skin or just being full on skeleton? Well, it's not quite peeling. It's all there. Okay, whatever. It's just not beautiful. Now we're ranking the beauty of these cursed yeah. crew pirates and their skeleton yeah. looks. All right. Guess we should get started on that. <laughs> I'm going to go with... No. There are some nice details as well, like the smoke coming from Jacoby's mouth and the subsequent explosion that's complete with fire, particles, clothing scraps, and bits and pieces of pirate. And one thing that I thought was a little weird is a number of these gold plate looking things that didn't quite fall as they should. It's like they didn't adhere to gravity if they were actually <laughs> metal of gold or something like that. Maybe they had gold-colored paper plates back That's there. That's what I'm thinking. Somebody spray-painted that gold on there because... <laughs> it was all, oh, man, that didn't work. <laughs> well, I don't, it was almost heavier than paper, though, the way they fell. So it's yeah, like but a if plastic. they're spray-painted with gold, they would be heavier. No, it's not going to change. It it's not going to change, change the much. aerodynamics of that because it's catching the air and it's causing it to, to float around. I'm thinking more of a plastic... So why are we debating this? Seriously, know. why are you doing this? <laughs> I don't know. Now we got to debate the aerodynamics and the weight of what these things are. It's somewhere between plastic plate and frisbee. Is that better? It's not like a rigid, really thick plastic. See now, look what you've done. But yeah, like these plastic painted gold plates. Maybe are, they're just parts or, or painted gold plastic plates are just. Maybe falling. it's like parts or clothing or something. It doesn't look like clothing though. It looks like it was supposed to be some Is of the skin treasure parts? there. A Maybe it's Clubba's head. It's not Clubba's head. There was also another awkward moment, as I'm trying to move this along from Heather's shenanigans. It's obviously a Friday. And that's the moment with Will and Elizabeth acting around the skeleton pirates. There's definitely a bit of, no one is here with us acting. Kind of just acting by ourselves. I feel kind of goofy doing this. Yeah. I would also, 
expect more of a fight from the Cursed Crew after they were skewered? Even if they were stuck together. Well, they, they were trying to pull. Yeah, but they could just run out of the light like, hey, big guy in the middle here has got a grenade inside well, his abdomen. They don't seem like the brightest people in the bunch. Well, I know that, but, you know, you got to get out of there. I mean, they were literally pulling. Clubba and Monk were pulling their side of the spear. I know, but they should have, like, get out. they only have seconds to harmonize this process. Yeah, they're not that talented. And they did not do that. They weren't they that talented. They could have ran out of that shadow into the moonlight. They're also fairly easy to move into the shadows. It's like they're really focused and preoccupied on being stuck together with oh, the they were. spear. They didn't want to be stuck together. Maybe they stink so bad that they didn't want to be that close to one another. That's possible. On a good note, again, there's a reminder for the audience about the proximity of the Aztec chest. Jack and Barbosa are fighting it out, and the camera zooms out to show the chest in the foreground. Gives us that location point so we know how close they are to the Aztec gold. Because Jack and Barbosa are fighting throughout the whole cave. We don't exactly know where everybody is, and they need to set things up for the end of the minute by letting us know where the hell the Aztec chest is. And he has to be able to catch it. We have to know that he's not, like, doing a Hail Mary from across the treasure cave. Oh, okay. Will on the Aztec chest that they're fairly close by. Otherwise, it's like, well, that's crazy. Jack was 100 yards away and he managed to get that to Will. <laughs> no, we had to know that. That's just some audience information. Then we get to the opportune moment. And that's when the explosion causes both Jack and Barbosa to see what the hell just happened. Actually, it's the second explosion that we've seen in the treasure cave. Because Jacoby is already throwing a grenade one time. Yeah. And then they both look. So they set a precedent for that. They're going to look when there's explosions. Will goes, hey, I could use that. Or Jack says, I could use that. We stop fighting. So when Will blows them up, Jack knows, hey, Barbosa's probably going to look. We're all going to look. And that's the perfect time for him to slyly cut his hand, the one that's holding the medallion, and then he throws it to Will. There's two perfect shots in this final moment. Jack throwing the medallion to Will. It's like this artistic creative element because we don't really see who he's throwing it to. Then there's the look on Jack's face. It's this serious business. No smiles or smirks. It's just a grave Jack. Like, this is it. This is my moment to get my shit back. Right. I need this to work. There's no playfulness there at all. This is serious Jack has joined the, the fight now. Yeah. But actually, he has joined the fight earlier on during once the stabbing happened to a point, I think. Yeah. There's also maybe a slightly slowed down speed. To give that extra punch when he flings that medallion no, straight he, towards the camera. He Was actually it? throws it in slow motion. He doesn't throw it in slow motion. But it's not like complete slow motion. Yeah, the way he throws it. it no, but in the movie, Goofball, it's not like slow motion, is it? It's not complete no. slow motion. It's it's not. It's like a taking it down a notch on the yeah. normal speed, right? Yeah. Or was I imagining that it was slow motion? Well, that's because he threw it the wrong hand. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know anything. The second one is Barbosa is not to be fooled, and in one swift motion, he pulls Cox and Ames, got it right that time, his flintlock at will. Thank you. At least that's who they want us to think who is in his sights. And so without even looking, he's still maintaining that eye contact with Jack when the minute ends. His head does slightly turn, but yeah. for the most part, he's still looking at Jack, which is pretty awesome. I just love that look of he knows kind of what's in his surroundings. Barbosa is aware enough and has his observation skills honed in as a pirate that he knows kind of the lay of the land, who's where, what's going on. So it wasn't like 
people were doing things that he didn't know what was going on. Except cutting hand of the medallion. Except that because he wasn't looking. It's not like he yes. has eyes in the back of his head. So he didn't see that. He's not a mom? No. Oh. <laughs> we only get a side peek, but the look on his face is this stone cold serious look as well. And it's that look of, you thought you could fool me, but I'm on top of the situation and everything is covered. And you can't pull this over on me. So like I said, this is a mini film all in one minute from a certain point of view. What I do need to bring up. Oh, no. Yeah, this is some serious business because I had some good points there. And now I got to touch on something that I didn't like. Didn't quite flow properly. Oh, man. You always got to do this and ruin everybody's day. Not going to ruin everybody's day. But when Will is fleeing the blast and the pirate particles and the smoke and all that, he yeah. starts to run towards the chest. And okay. then there's some rocks that he's hopping on okay. to get across the water to the yeah. chest. We cut to Jack just as he's on one of those rocks, who is then looking over at the explosion okay. and what's going on. Then we cut back to Will. And instead of having him progress like in time that he would actually move along, yeah. he's actually then starting exactly... Where he just left off when we saw him last. So it looks like he was almost paused in midair and then he restarts. Because he should have actually been moving along during that time that Jack was looking at him. No, he paused during the... No he, pausing. He, he paused this is during serious. the explosion. This is serious business. I know it's serious. I'm telling you. He didn't pause. This is serious. He, he stopped like everyone else when the explosion happened. You are just in rare form tonight with your crazy antics. Again? Yeah, you. Rare form. I don't have crazy antics. You have crazy I'm antics. I'm explaining. You're explaining pauses. You just don't want to say, hey, that this may have been an editing error. If everybody had moved along in their proper form, then we would have seen Will further along towards the chest. But they... It's almost like they clipped and they cut the clip, inserted Jack in there because to add the Jack footage. Yeah. And then put the splice back on right where they clipped it as opposed to taking off some frames to make it look like he's already run past that point. That is a weird edit scene that keeps... Now I can't stop looking at it because I've watched this minute so many times. I may never be able to unsee this. Every time I watch that, I'm going to see Will kind of... Literally pausing when we go to Jack and he comes back and then restarts on that same rock. It's a little, it weirds out my mind. Let's just say that. <laughs> because I know from perspective in life that, okay, somebody would keep running even though we didn't do that. But no, we're getting that shot. It's almost, it's like it's playing with my mind in the space-time continuum. It is almost like they paused him. It's like magical pausing power. Before we kill the audience with your crazy crackpot theories... And things that don't really fit in the film. Are you ready to move on? Do you have anything else is what I should say. Yeah, I have one more thing. All hate mail goes to Scott. I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah. And I accept your apology. <laughs> oh. I'm taking one for the team out there, you guys. I'm taking one for the team. <laughs> well, let's move to Really Bad Eggs. And that's our weekly segment where we each highlight our favorite line from the past five minutes of the movie. Strike your colors, you bloomin' cockroaches! Hands grapnels at the ready. Prepare to board. It's time for really bad eggs. So, what do you have for us? No fair. No fair? Yeah. Jacoby? Of yeah. course you'd go with a comedy moment now. Right. Well, I found this... This. Well, the, for one thing, the way he says it, I just love the way he says it. 
no fair. He's been fighting and fighting and fighting, and he comes back and says, no fair. Right? No, that's interesting. Right. But then, I want to know, how was this fair for any of the mortals that they were fighting? This whole fight sequence going on, because they couldn't be killed, but the mortals could. Yeah, it's interesting. So he says this is no fair when they shove the grenade inside his belly and push him into the shadows. Yeah. But he found it fair the whole fight all along the way. That's true. Right? It's a sense of pirate fairness. But there's actually something really interesting to that whole no fair thing now that I think about it. Because it wasn't something I thought of before. Thank you, everybody. No. Because I'm the one who has to think of it. It's almost like I got to have two freaking lines of the week. No, whatever. Go ahead. (laughs) But no fair is not just about them sticking the grenade inside of him and then pushing him into the shadow so he's a human and he can't grab it out. But what's really interesting behind it is that they were so close to ending the curse. Yeah. And now he is not going to be able to see that happen because he's going to be blown to smithereens. Yeah. That's not fair in his eyes. Yeah. That's what he loses out on. He loses out on getting the curse. Being normal again. Yeah, being restored to human. Yeah. And now they're done. He's toast. He's particulates. So yeah, no fair on many levels. Yep. Pirate life isn't fair. No, it's not. Mine comes from minute 118. And that's when Barbosa says, Arr! (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Even though that was one of my favorite parts in the movie. It's when he's running after yes, Jack. That, it's that's awesome, cool. actually. The look on both their faces and everything is awesome. Yeah, I think Jack is running away from that, and Barbosa is chasing him, and he's just and all his excited. Eyes, his eyes are acting again. Yeah, I agree. Barbosa's got some acting eyes. I think I mentioned it on that minute how it was fitting for a pirate, and that he was really enjoying the whole cat and mouse game. Yeah. And I think that's what wraps up in that whole scene because he really is enjoying himself oh, yeah. with that. Yeah. But mine is actually from Barbosa talking to Jack. Are we to be two immortals locked in an epic battle until Judgment Day when the trumpets sound? That's my quote of the week. Some interesting stuff with it. Much of what we already discussed a few episodes back from epic to empty, thanks to those damn closed caption people. However, I do like the imagery and meaning behind it. The idea that as mortal pirates they were locked in a revenge is a dish best served cold plot. Two adversaries, two tricksters, always trying to gain the upper hand. As two immortals, this idea of the game is unchanged. In fact, they can truly fight it out. Have that epic sword fight, stabbings and all, without the fear of losing that which makes them great adversaries, each other. Right. They can do all this without losing a part of themselves, which is the other person. Yeah, it is. And that's what's really cool about it. A great hero, well, maybe more like an anti-hero, needs a great villain to produce this epic battle. One that very well could propel someone like Jack Sparrow to have that reputation where people have indeed heard of him. Yeah. People will be talking about that. But I think the big part really is, is that they are connected, kind of like with the Judgment Day symbolism. The good, the evil, the God, the devil. There's a connection there. Yeah. And they have that, which is just, I think, pretty spectacular when they talk about that. Especially the idea that they can do this epic battle with themselves and not lose the other one because then they're still locked in that fight and they're still able to retain each of their personalities or their character or their, well, almost purpose in life. Yeah. Unfortunately, I completely forgot to bestow upon everyone my apocalyptic research in Minute 118. This is Planetary Destruction Time. So now 
is a perfect time to do a little rehashing since Barbosa does reference the trumpets on Judgment Day. And that was actually from minute 118. And there is some good stuff there not to disappoint. Because I always like to leave on a, a real good feeling. Seven trumpets are sounded, one at a time, to cue apocalyptic events that were seen in the vision of the revelation of Christ Jesus by John, as written in the book of Revelation of the New Testament. The seven trumpets are sounded by seven angels, and the events that follow are described in detail from Revelation chapter 8 to 11. According to Revelation 8, 1-2, the angels sound these trumpets after the breaking of the seventh seal. These seals secured the apocalyptic document that was in the right hand of him who sits on the main throne. Can I get a show of hands on who wants to hear about those oh-so-gentle trumpets? Oh yeah, it's unanimous. Let's rock this apocalypse. Upon the first trumpet sound, hail and fire, mixed with blood, is thrown to earth, burning up a third of the trees on the planet, and all green grass. Good morning, everyone. Yeah. By the second trumpet sounding, it cues something like a great burning mountain that plunges into the sea and wipes out a third of all sea life and ships. A third of the oceans will become blood. Happy Friday. Yeah, you're right about that. By the sound of the third trumpet, a great star called Wormwood falls to the earth, poisoning a third of the planet's fresh water sources, such as rivers and springs. Men will die from drinking its bitter taste. One second, I'm thirsty. <laughs> Following the sounding of the fourth trumpet, a third of the light that shines from the sun, moon, and stars became dark, or will become dark, because this is a revelation and a dream, but either way you look at it. From these celestial bodies being struck, this catastrophe caused complete darkness for a third of the day, during the day, even through night. The fifth trumpet prompts a personified star to fall from heaven. The star is given the key to the bottomless pit. Yeah, bottomless pit. The Sarlacc pit. After opening it, the smoke that rises out darkens the air and blocks the light. Then, from out of the smoke, the locusts were unleashed. They were scorpion-tailed war horses having a man's face with lion's teeth. Jeez. Those are not locusts you want to be tangling no. with. The sixth one is the second woe, where four angels are released from their binds to the great river Euphrates. They command a brute force of 200 million mounted troops whose horses dissipate plague from out of their mouths. Most notably, fire, smoke, and brimstone. You gotta have the brimstone. You can't just have fire and smoke. If you don't no. have brimstone, you just don't got yourself an apocalypse. Exactly. Gotta have the brimstone. The seventh trumpet causes the temple of God in heaven to open up and the Ark of the Covenant appears in his temple. Then lightning and peals of thunder occurred, followed by an earthquake and a great hailstorm. Now that's what I call one hell of a weekend send-off. Yeah. Nothing have a good day, everybody? Huh? Have a good day, everybody? Yeah, have a good weekend. Nothing says it's finally Friday and let the partying begin than a little Judgment Day happy thoughts in the back of your mind. God. Especially now that I had that Freudian slip, I'm not sure I'm going to be forgiven for that. I'm not so sure either. Now everyone will think twice. About that debauchery this weekend that they're going to have. And for that, you're welcome. Goodness. Yeah. Now I really that? need some rum. Need some rum? Yeah. Oh, there's fire and brimstone in your future. <laughs> they're going to go, we can't forgive those Ew. jokes you did. We cannot forgive those jokes. So other than that, if you don't have anything else, are you ready to... There's nothing I could follow up after that. Hey, I said planetary destruction and I delivered. Yeah, but you should have delivered it a couple days ago. I should have, not. but I brought this into my minute. And what better way, like I said, to end a week than send everybody off with some happy Friday thoughts. That way they can enjoy it. Maybe even if they have a long weekend for the 4th of July, they can go, oh my God, look at those fireworks. That's fire and brimstone. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean Minute told me this was going to happen. <laughs> and on that note, 
We'll be back on Monday with Minute 122 of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, you keep better keep horse. the horn swoggling to a damn minimum. You could be in serious trouble. Team by team reporters, baffled Trump, tethered crop, look at that low plane, fine. Then, uh-oh, overflow, population common group, but it'll do. Save yourself, serve yourself, world serve its own needs. Listen to your heart bleed. Tell me with the rapture and the remnant in the right, right? You vitriolic, patriotic, slam, fight, fright, life, feeling, pretty, sight. It's the end of the world as we know it. Ricola, do you know this pirate? Only by name. Find Ricola for me and relay the message from Captain Salazar and tell him I need (coughs) a lozenge because I can't keep up this creepy voice very long. Will you tell that to him, please? Now let's thank the listeners. So Scallywags, thanks for listening. If you like the show... Give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out, and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, our Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. If you're interested in best of clips, you can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are on blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy.